Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yeah. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. What's up, Seminole Headlines podcasters? Thanks so much for listening to the program. As always, the podcast brought to you in part by our friends at the Morgan Law Group. Today, no different. Appreciate them enabling us to do this for you. What else they'll do for you is uh, work hard throughout the state to ensure uh, that the insurance companies are doing the right thing and they're not acting in bad faith. Uh, they will they'll get after the insurer if they are. They'll inspect and assess the loss on your behalf. By the way, they are throughout the state just because an insurance company tells you no or there's a certain amount that they're willing to give out doesn't mean that's the end of the story. Find out more. Go to policyadvocate.com. That'd be policyadvocate.com. Or call 888-904-2524. Onward we go with Seminole Headlines. It's time for Seminole Headlines, presented by Capital City Bank, featuring ESPN Tallahassee's Jeff Cameron, Warchant.com's managing editor, Ira Chauffel, and senior writer, Corey Clark. Your weekly dose of all things FSU, pistols, and pies starts right now. Here's Jeff Cameron. The Seminole Headlines, 97.9 ESPN Radio begins right now. Glorious. I'm Jeff. That's Ira and Corey. They work for Warchant.com. I work for ESPN. And you are our cherished listeners. There you go. You like that beginning? You like that? That's great. The love, the love for the listeners. That's mm-hmm. how that works. They don't get enough love. No, they don't. Uh, Ira, why don't you tell us about our friends, Sausage People. <laughs> registers Yay, meats. Hey, sausage. There it is. Thank God. Man, I finally got my I had a little bit of a scare, to be honest with you. So Kim ordered 15 pounds, which some people might think it's is excessive. excessive. Nah, that's normal, man. That's normal. Kim ordered 15 pounds of sausage. And uh uh as part of the big sale for New Year's Eve. And we literally it just came in the other day in two coolers. The shipping is awesome, man. That's the cool thing. One of the cool things about registers, not only is the sausage incredible, the best you've ever had, but they do a great job of shipping. Like they'll actually send it to you in a cooler with like ice to keep it cold. It's uh, it's really impressive. And and uh, yeah, we got our shipment. We got uh, five pounds of andouille, five Whoa. pounds, five pounds of uh, just the regular pork sausage, and five pounds of um, the short links, which Kim's a big fan of. None of so that. We didn't go. Son. Hey, Ira. So is my youngest son. He always asks for the short link. So there you go. So uh, yeah, registermeats.com is a website you can order it, uh, and have it shipped to you. Or if you live in the southeast, in the Panhandle, Florida, uh, across some parts of the state, up into Georgia and Alabama, uh, go to your local grocery store and register meats. Register sausage is what you're looking for, and uh, they will take care of you. It's awesome. Great stuff, Corey. You 
Stephanie got a big package too, right? Big shipment. Hey now, yeah, hey, she shipped it to her. Big uh, shipment. Hey, yeah, big slow shipment. down, Ira. Yeah, big shipment. Uh, 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 which she, she's used to. Uh, she ordered some. Uh, she ordered some for her brother uh, using your using the code Ira, whatever that was, Ira fifty, and um, and uh, they're they're huge Cleveland Browns fans. They grew up going to Cleveland Browns games, so they get their own. He get for the first time probably in his life. His, her brother gets victory sausage. Nice. Because the Cleveland Browns won a playoff game. Playoff victory sausage. Convincing. I mean, he must have been he must have been eight years old the last time they won a playoff game, and he's uh, I think he's sixty five now. <laughs> so, really cool times for that family for all Browns fans out there. Yeah. Yay, victory sausage. Yeah, Yay. victory sausage is where it's at, man. That, that works out well. I was wondering why I didn't get my discount. I was typing in. Hashtag old ass Ira, but that wasn't the code. So that's next year. I couldn't do it. I, you guys gotta, you know, clue me in on these things. I thought for sure that was the code. Old code. ass Ira, yeah. I think, old I, ass think it's, Ira. I think it's badass Ira, and it's per, it's perpetual. <laughs> that code works 365 days a year. <laughs> hey, so can you believe it? For the first time in 16 weeks, they're gonna play basketball tonight. I don't know if the team will be any good at all. You think they'll score 30 points? I'm not sure. It'll be interesting to see. Don't jinx it. They haven't, they haven't officially, they haven't arrived at the arena yet. Um, Yeah, it's going to be hard, man. Two weeks off with a team that was still trying to find itself anyway, because all the moving parts and pieces and, and guys going into different roles. Yeah, it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting. Uh, I, you know, uh, yeah, it, well, it's just a season we're getting through. You know what I mean? It's just a season we're getting through, but I'm going to try to take advantage of every time they, they actually play a game, and I'm going to enjoy it for what it is. Hey. Well, I think – go ahead. No, you go ahead. All right, I will. I'll do it. I'll go ahead. I'm old-ass Ira. I'm telling you, go ahead. <laughs> You've learned patience in your old age. I would say that, uh, Corey, as you were noting, that Ham got all up in that portal too – so I think we should start there with uh, an explanation as uh, what that meant and uh, and who they brought in from Houston. So the kid's name is uh, Caleb Mills. He was uh, somebody that recruited out of high school. He's from North Carolina originally. And he went to Houston and uh, was their leading scorer uh, as a freshman. He played last year as a freshman. And I think that Houston team finished the season like 12th or 13th in the country last year. He was their leading scorer as a freshman guard who only started seven games. So, again, you're looking at a Cabin Gelly slash Patrick Williams type uh, player that can come off the bench and be a – or could come off the bench and be a a spark immediately. But then he was also the conference preseason player of the year. I mean, you're talking about a big, big big-time gift. So why did it happen? Don't know. Don't know why he left. He had an ankle injury. Ira, do you know? Yeah, I don't think he's gone into details. Um, But, yeah, it was weird. He did have an ankle injury. Then he came back, and then he wasn't really playing – um, so there must have been some issue there with Kelvin Sampson or the staff, um, it seems like, but nothing's come out publicly. Um, but I do want to clarify one thing. When Corey mentioned he's like Patrick Williams and Kevin Gelly, that's in a the six-man role, sure. not necessarily from a stature standpoint. No, yeah, he's 6'3". He's not, he, he's not a freak like Patrick Williams. But he is – He, you know, Kelvin Sampson said it when he recruited him. He's like, he's the best offensive player we've ever recruited here. He is a guy that can score. Every, if you watch his highlights, and there's like a 10-minute video of, of mainly all his baskets last year on YouTube, he gets to the bucket. He he's a mid-range guy. He's a three-point guy. He's a he's a he's a shooter. Um, but he, he's athletic enough to get around guys. He can shoot with left or right finish. 
He, he's just one of those guys that's a natural scorer, that was born to score. And I was trying to think of who, who they've had lately that's like this. And I, he's like MJ Walker if MJ Walker was, uh, was, a guy that could, was a guy that could get in the paint more. You know what I mean? MJ's more of a pull-up guy, um, and he's wiry. Uh, just a, a guy that could will, I would imagine will probably lead them in scoring next year. I mean, they just got – they had the number three recruiting class in the country already, and then they just got this dude, a preseason conference player of the year. I mean, you're talking about a team next year, and I know we want to concentrate on this year, um, that, that, that he's bringing in as much talent as anyone in the country for next season. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see. And I did want to say, like, the the, pub, the only public reason I think he gave for when he went in the transfer portal was he wanted to get closer to home, and he's said that since uh, yesterday. He said it again. This gives him a chance to get closer to home. I don't know. He's from North Carolina. I mean, I get, it's closer. It's not like he's transferring <laughs> I mean, to a school yeah, in North Carolina. But, um, but I want to get closer to home. I'm from New Hampshire. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I, I cut it, my trip down by seven hours. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, they'll take it. And um, you know, I, you know, again, like to Corey's point, I mean, he you know, he just seems like one of those guys. When you watch his highlights, he's just one of those dudes that that can get buckets. I mean, just he he finds a way to score mid range game floaters. He can shoot a little bit from the perimeter. I mean, he can shoot from the perimeter. He's not an incredible sniper from the perimeter, uh, but just you know, just one of those guys. Really good body control. And uh, yeah, you'll it'll be interesting to see how he plays. The good thing is he played on a team that won a lot, like Corey said. Houston was good, so it's not like he was on a team where he just shot thirty-five times uh, a game. But uh, you know, the question always is: all these guys is, you know, are they going to pick up Leonard's defensive system? How how that part goes will determine whether or not he can actually start or not. But, or, but he he also played where he you know the leading scorer averaged thirteen points a game, which right. is very Florida State like. And he only started seven games, even though he was the leading scorer. So you got to figure he'll fit into that philosophy of, hey, man, you're not going to play 39 minutes and you're not going to take 30 shots. That doesn't happen at Florida State. He knows what he's getting into and he signed up for it anyway. So, yeah, um, yeah it's just good. You know, going into the next season, um, you're going to have an experienced dude that can probably step right into the place of MJ Walker because you're going to have to you're going to have to get those two freshmen because they're going to play a lot. You're going to have to get them into the mix. It's nice to have an experienced guy like that to. He scored 20 points or more eight times. There was one game where he scored 19 straight points um, for, for Houston. Uh, scored 27 as a career high. I mean, it's good to have a guy that's done that in big games for a good team. So, yeah, another Florida State, man. It's just the transfer capital of the world right now. What's Kerkorian got? Who's he bringing in? Get it together. The other coaches right now got to figure out their way. Corbell's leading the way. This portal. Yeah. Uh, we, we actually need to talk about that. We'll do it in a moment. Florida State has bettered their football team, which is a relief to everybody after watching this past season. Uh, and they've done so through the transfer portal. We'll talk about these recent additions. Our thoughts on that next. Seminole Headlines continues in a moment. Seminole Headlines will take a breather. More next. Seminole Headlines, presented by Capital City Bank, returns now on 97.9 ESPN Radio. All right, so of all the players that you're most excited about, I, well, excluding Mackenzie Milton, I think everybody would be most excited about getting a player that's as experienced and talented and accomplished as Mackenzie Milton is at the most important position on the field. Uh, so I'll exclude him. Obviously, I think we're all going to say Jermaine Johnson is our next favorite on this list, but let's go through the list of players 
Uh, and Corey, I want to start with you because I do want to start with Jermaine Johnson. Florida State really hasn't had a pass rush since Brian Burns. And, you know, I was critical of him, but he did get to the passer. Uh, they have had nobody. It's been a fruitless endeavor to watch Florida State try to rush the passer. The last Dare I say it's been a barren wasteland. A barren wasteland, infinitely aggravating, yeah. disgusting to watch. A okay, lot of things well. you could describe. Um, but they haven't had anybody who was any good at it at all. I mean, even kind of good, a little bit. Nobody. Not Right. Yep. Shemaine yep. Johnson at least had success for Georgia in the mighty SEC. And Georgia recruits exceptionally well. So the fact that he got passed over by a kid who may be more talented is fine with me. Obviously, if Florida State reaps the benefit, but we do know that he was thought of well enough by that staff to be recruited and to get on the field and to be productive in the SEC. That, to me, portends of good things for Florida State. Yeah, man, I, I like that. Yeah, I, I think that's that, that's probably number two on my list behind Milton. Again, Florida State's defensive ends played somewhere in the neighborhood of 1,200 snaps this year. And did not told. a damn thing. They had Well, they had three sacks, and they were all by one guy. So uh, J-Rob, every 400 snaps, would get to the quarterback. Uh, you know, Jermaine Johnson, he had five sacks and like 200 snaps. Uh, it, so instead of one every 400 snaps from your defensive ends, you got one out of every 40. Th this guy's a, I, I don't know what else he can do well. And I watched him, but he is tough coming off the edge, man. And you're right. They just haven't had that. It's good to know you have that. It's good to know you might have somebody out there that requires a double team, that requires a chip, that requires a tight end staying in. Like, you haven't had that since Burns left. So, yeah, I mean, I, I just think when you look at what he's done overall, what Norvell's done overall, um, the Jamie Robinson kid, who I still want to call Jamie because that's how it's spelled, um, it, it, just this weekend they had is, is, was an exceptional weekend for them. Um, you know, they, what, they get four more guys, Ira? So they've got eight now in the transfer portal? Yeah, that sounds right. Um, yeah, because including the Brandon Moore on And Sunday. I think the UCF kid's a good player. He was yeah. when he played. It's been a while, but it, he was when he played. And you're getting guys that are not going to – they're not just bodies. I don't know that the kid from Baylor or the kid from Louisville is ever going to do anything here. They might. I don't know. The kid's from last year. These guys, I think, are a different class. They're coming in, and they're going to be on your two deep immediately. And there's a chance all of them start. All of them. So, yeah, and I think that's what – that, to me, that's what – and I, I get your question, Jeff, but like other than Mackenzie Milton and maybe Jermaine Johnson, the what really impresses you about the group is the fact that so many of them are probably going to start. I mean, I, I I just can't imagine. I mean, if Mackenzie Milton's healthy, he's going to start. If Jermaine Johnson's going to start. Uh, Keir Thomas started for three years at South Carolina. My guess is he's going to start at Florida State. Um, you look at Jamie Robinson, what they had at safety the last last season and with Hamza Nashville Dean leaving – that guy's going to start. I mean, he had 75 tackles last year. Um, Andrew Parchment, the receiver, is going to start. If they yeah. get an off, if they get a grad transfer offensive tackle, that guy's going to start. So, I mean, like, you you could end up with six, seven, who knows, maybe even eight guys starting that were yeah. transfers that were not even on your team last year. So that just changes the complexion of your entire football team. Especially if they're good, right? Because I mean, that's that's the hope. But like, you you lost guys. You've lost some to the transfer portal. Nobody, I don't think that you care about really in the grand scheme of things. If you're a Florida State fan, you want Jane Large would be to go have a, a great life, and he's a Florida State alum. Uh, it's even in his bio on Twitter: Boston College DB, Florida State alum. You want him to go have a, a great life and maybe be a senator one day or president. 
but he wasn't a great football player at Florida State. Raymond Woody was not a great football player at Florida State. Corey Durden last year wasn't any good. He was good the year before. All the guys you lost to the portal, I don't think you feel bad about them. You're, you're, you're replacing guys that, that weren't very good for you, and you're hoping that you've, you've improved immensely with the guys that have, have come in for them. My guess is, too, in addition to raising the floor, which is certainly what they've done now, they've also concentrated on players that are going to be bought in, partly because they have a year, in some cases, just to get something done. So they're going to play hard and try to put something good on film. But also, I'm sure, I mean, in the case of uh, the Moore kid at defensive back, along with McKenzie Milton, well, you know Milton knows that kid. He can talk to them about who he is and what he, what kind of work ethic he has. And, you know, you, you probably – bringing in guys that will serve as good leaders and buy in to that message. If you're trying to flip a locker room and improve your talent on the field, it looks like the transfer portal here has been a raging success for Florida State. I would I would say, given that Dillingham was around DJ Williams, uh, that, you know, again, another yeah. guy you know that they're bringing in, that they have an idea about, both who they are character-wise and also what they are physically. DJ Williams is a bruising back, a thick kid. He's going to be in that rotation immediately. So, yeah, they're bringing in guys to start. They're bringing in guys at the very least that are going to be on the two deep. And they're bringing in guys that are going to buy in and help flip that locker room from being a, a poison place to something that maybe now you can move forward with. Yeah, and I think the, what what you look for when you bring in transfers sometimes, when you're looking for red flags or if you're concerned at all, is, okay, what situation did they leave? Why did they leave it? Because a lot of times that that tells you a story that maybe it doesn't portend for great things. You know, sure. in the – Indiana fans right now are thrilled to get a DJ Matthews, a four-star receiver out of Jacksonville, who's very talented, and he, he could create a lot of problems for defenses in Indiana. But I'm sure they're also looking at the, the news stories from his tenure at Florida State and starting to wonder, hey, are we going to get that guy or are we going to get the talented kid who can really do something? So, But you look at these situations, the South Carolina kids, their coach got fired. So that's an understandable situation. They want to go they're, – they're not married to this new staff, and they want to go and find a new opportunity. Uh, Jermaine Johnson, it's not like he – it's not like he uh, got in any kind of trouble at Georgia. He just saw that, man, they're bringing in some kids that are going to make it really difficult for me to get a lot of playing time, and I want to play because I want to play in the NFL. That's understandable. The, the kid at Auburn, like you said, they, they, his coach got fired – Kenny Dillingham coached him and recruited him at Auburn, so that makes sense. The kids at UCF, and I think the Brandon Moore point's a really good point, uh, Jeff, because first of all, and as Corey said earlier, I do think he's a very talented football player, uh, and he's got speed, man. You watch that that interception return against interception return against LSU; he's flying, um, and so uh, I think they've got he's a talented kid. But then the fact that Mackenzie Milton comes in. He's very aware – Mackenzie Milton is very aware of the situation that Florida State has been in the last couple of years. He knows where Mike Norvell wants to go. He knows what the emphasis is. And for him to tell Norvell, this is a guy you need yeah, on that defense. That yeah. Yes. I mean, he's going to help you from a physical standpoint, but you also want him in that, in that locker room, in that defensive meeting room. I think that says a lot as well. So, yeah, I think it's, it's a home run on that front. I think the one transfer, though, that gives you pause, uh, just because you don't quite understand it, is parchment at Kansas because I, I felt like that Kansas program is, is just about to turn the corner. <laughs> and why, why would you leave? What, with what Miles is doing there, 
he obviously just doesn't care enough to to be there on the to be a part of a a, a, re, a rebuild program that might win a championship next year. I don't understand what Parchment. Why would you want to leave Lawrence, Kansas? Hey, two two things to that point. I don't know if you guys saw our friend David Hale's tweet yesterday about the percentage of times teams had a chance to take the lead on Alabama after the first quarter. It's like after the first quarter, the number of drives teams had in which they could have taken the lead against Alabama was less than 9%. That's how dominant they were. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think a uh, lot of them were Georgia. Like yeah. Georgia was only down by four in the third quarter. Well, of that, that, that or Florida. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you're right, yeah. But, but the only thing that made me laugh about that was the reverse, which was he also named the teams that uh, the, the percentage of chances that they could give up the lead from the second quarter on Kansas – 100% of the teams they played could take the lead with the opening drive. Hey, man. I don't know what Parchment's doing. I don't know 100%. what he's doing. 100%. Dude, I love, I love the fact that he tweeted a video of, or retweeted a video of him running open and, and just not getting balls thrown at, thrown to him. Yeah. Like the, there's a video out there of him running open in the secondary this past season and just balls either not getting anywhere near him or not being thrown in yeah. his direction. So the, it, people people might be a little concerned about his drop-off in numbers because it was substantial. But I feel like a lot of that was the quarterback play at Kansas that wasn't quite as strong as it was. Not that it was great in 19, but that it wasn't quite as strong as in 20. Last year left the people longing for the glory of 2019. No All doubt. those Kansas football fans, man. I felt <laughs> bad like, for them. Take us back to 2019, please. Good Lord. <laughs> Seminole Headlines, 97.9 ESPN Radio continues in a moment. Seminole Headlines will take a breather. More next. Seminole Headlines, presented by Capital City Bank, returns now on 97.9 ESPN Radio. So I think the next question that Florida State fans will want to answer is, what does it all mean? How much better can this team be? I like to to marry what they've done in the transfer portal, and still I hold out hope, too. And I haven't I've said this on my show, but I haven't addressed it here. You know, I, I really think they need to bring in another offensive tackle if they can if they can find one. And there's a chance that they can after spring ends. There's, you know, maybe room for another couple of guys to bring in. We'll see. You don't want to take one just to take one. I agree. But if you can find a guy that you think can better you the way that uh, Love Taylor did, then that, that'd be a, a good idea in my yeah. mind. And if I, if you don't mind, let me. I want to clarify my position on that yesterday from uh, the Jeff Cameron show, Corey. I was on yesterday. Uh, he still got you on. Yes. Yeah. Yep. People. I mean, people still. Li- I mean, people care. Years later, can you believe it? Yeah. It's unbelievable. Y'all been doing it since <laughs> I, since I was a kid. I remember listening to you two in high school. <laughs> anyway, um, I didn't mean to imply they don't need an offensive tackle. My but, point but was that's exactly I what think, you did, Ira. No, I don't. You implied I, pers- it. I, 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 I'm sure. The 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 perception is that like you'll see people say they got to go get tackles. It, that it, that's not that kind of a situation where they just need bodies. There have there have been years where you felt like, man, just go sign some people, yeah. sign some guys that are willing to line up at offense, wear a number, a jersey in the seventies, and line yeah. up at offensive tackle. That's not this situation. And that the point I was trying to make is, unless you're going to upgrade from what you've got at Robert Scott, which I think is a decent young offensive tackle, and I know Devontae Love Taylor. A lot of people want him to move to guard, but he can play tackle if you need him to. Darius Washington's an option as well. And I just don't think this is a year where you just sign anybody at that position. I think you specifically target somebody that's going to make you better, another Devontae Love Taylor or better. I, I think I don't even know if you're signing a Ryan Roberts, which they did two years ago. I think the 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 floor has been raised a little bit. 
based on what you think Scott can be. And I think now you're looking for somebody, okay, get us a, a, a an above average transfer offensive tackle. Now that's what we'll do. But we're not going to just go sign anybody. And I just don't know if that's been available on the market as of yet. And I think they'll save that spot for when it becomes available. Yeah, if it's available, I think you do have to do it. Because like right. you just pointed out, Love Taylor, they want to move to guard. And I was talking to somebody the other day. I, I think down the line they want to move Robert Scott to guard. So I, I think if you can find a tackle, you're right, not just anybody, but a quality player that upgrades, I would do that. I mean, their, their pass blocking and obvious passing downs is not good. Statistically, sure. it's just not good. They've got to get better. And you're bringing in a, a quarterback that we don't know how mobile he's going to be. We know that if he has time to throw, he's really good. But he's going to have to have time to throw in passing downs. I would look for another tackle if I could find one. But, yeah, I'm not just giving it away. There have been years where, honestly, you're just talking sheer numbers. They didn't have right. enough people. So able-bodied people to field a, a depth, a quality offensive line or a decent offensive line. I, I, I would agree with that. So back to the original question here to start the segment. What does it all mean? Well, I mean, we could debate what next year's schedule is, but I see at least five teams on that schedule that will likely – land in the top 25 before the season's over. So I still think it means you're going to have minimal expectations. And by that, I mean, can you finish 500? Can you feel, you know, finish maybe slightly above 500 and give yourself a chance to earn a bowl bid, uh, but make obvious ground um, and, and clearly take a step forward. Florida State hasn't really taken a step forward in quite some time. There's a real opportunity to do that next year. And then I think what I like to do is marry the fact that they've upgraded their roster with the fact that they may have some semblance of a normal offseason, some semblance of a normal spring, guys in the weight room, guys eating properly, guys being around each other, developing culture, uh, having a summer like you would normally have where quarterback work was with receivers and they get on the same page and then going into the fall, uh, everybody pulling in the same direction. They really didn't get to do any of that last year. Quite frankly, uh, Adam Fuller needs to see that happen because he was terrible last year as defensive coordinator. I, we, we've got to see some sort of upgrade there. And the only chance you get to do that is if you're together with the ability to install and grow together. Man, yeah, his, he, I think, man, when you look at this roster, but he's been here, what, 13 months, right, Norvell? And I think yes. he's he's overturned half of it already. Beautiful. I mean, it's it's really kind of remarkable what this roster looks like compared to what he had. Um, Ira, I was going to ask you: Do we do we know? Maybe I should know this. Big Baby and and uh, Brady Scott have they made announcements? Are they coming back? Emmett Rice is any of that? Are we just assuming they're coming back? Because there hasn't been an Instagram post. Yeah, they haven't said one way or the other. My guess at this point is if they haven't January gone to the portal, thirteenth. Yeah, yeah, my guess is that they're at least going to stay through the spring. Um, but, you know, you never know. I mean, part of it is um, I think Brady Scott's definitely going to stay from every from what I can tell. Um, and, you know, we'll see. I mean, they, they may all stay. Um, Babyon Johnson did improve last year. Um, so he may look at, you know, Alex Atkins as a guy, hey, he can resurrect my career, maybe give me a chance to play in the NFL because he did improve from, from one year to the next um, under him. Um, and then, you know, as far as Emmett Rice goes, I would think he, if the fact that he hasn't done anything yet makes me think he's inclined to stay, but yeah, we don't know for sure. And we, we may not know for sure until after the spring, but he's a guy like, he's not going to lose his job in the spring. Like Brady right. Scott may think, okay, let me give this a chance to win a job in the spring. 
And if it doesn't happen, then try to transfer. Um, I would assume Bavion's got a good chance to start unless, you know, Devontae moves, unless they get a tackle and Devontae moves inside and then somehow he gets pushed out. But um, I think there's a decent chance those guys will stay. But but the good thing about anybody that stayed at this point is they know what they, yeah, they know what they're in for. Like yeah. there's not going to be a surprise. And uh, so if they stick around at this point, you do think when you look at this at next season, and to the point you brought up at the beginning of the segment, Jeff, like you're bringing in guys that you feel like are older guys that have, that have in, in some cases played on, on decent teams, um, guys that have, have won football games before and are coming in knowing what to expect. And then you're bringing back a, a bunch of guys who have stuck through a three and six season and believe in the vision. Like just that competitiveness, I think raises the floor. Because there were times last season, the NC State game, uh, the Louisville game, the Pitt game, where you're just like, man, what are you guys? What is what's even happening? What, who, what, what is this team? Yeah. I mean, I mean, they get blown out by the dregs of the ACC. <laughs> what's even happening is a wonderful phrase. I, mean, I, I, I love the idea. That's the sign they pat on the way out of the locker room. That's the sign they smack. What's even happening here, guys? This well, is. This, Florida State football 2020. What's even What's happening? Even happening? <laughs> <laughs> I love I'm picturing my fellow Knowles everywhere just going, what it what is even happening? What, <laughs> what are we looking at right now? This is ridiculous. I bought I bought tickets. Yeah. I, I drove here. They're not I, playing football. What is this a play? Is this a two act, a four act play? <laughs> what am I? Are they going to turn around and say, gotcha? Am I on the camera? What is going on here? <laughs> We've got guys just meandering about. I don't think they're trying to play football. This is a trick. They're, where's the camera? What's There's no the way camera? that finger wag was real. Yeah. There's no way that finger wag was real. You can't convince me of it. He's doing that for us. Yeah. You're down 40 points. You can't possibly do that. There's no way. What's even happening, Roger? Yeah, that, that's you, you said, man, you said something that kind of resonated, Jeff, when you said it's been a while since Florida State has taken a step forward. Yeah. It's been since 2012 going into 2013 that this team has improved from one year to the next. I was thinking the same exact thing. The only the only one I was as he was talking, I actually looked up to to maybe remind myself, it was it possible that 15 to 16 was an improvement? Nope. Nope. But it wasn't. No, that's no, you're right. It's, yeah, uh, it's it's really because that 15 team started out like six and zero until the Georgia Tech debacle, um, which kind of seemed to flip the program. But anyway, um, that that Florida State fans just want to see that it is hard to go eight years and continually taking step back steps backward in this era of college football. Just in life, in any sport. It's hard for a team to continually get worse for eight straight years. So Florida State fans would just be relieved, I think, just to see an improvement because it's been eight years, which is an which is an eternity in in sports. The bar is really low right now. Very I mean, low. Christ sakes, if you just don't suck to high heaven, yeah. People are going to be like, all right, we don't suck. That's okay. There I see go. what's happening here. Yeah. We're if not- you could just get a fan to say that, I see what you're doing, Norvell. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. We've gone from what's even happening here. To- <laughs> all right, I kind of see what's happening here. There you go. <laughs> Seminole Headlines on 97.9 ESPN Radio continues in a moment. Seminole Headlines will take a breather. More next. Seminole Headlines, presented by Capital City Bank, returns now on 97.9 ESPN Radio. 
Wrapping up the hour. Hey, who knew when we started the show today we'd come up with a new Seminole Headlines motto? You got to give it up to Ira Chappelle, everybody. What's even happening here? We're transitioning Going to the long list of what's happening here. Before that, it was on blocks we stay. Hope, hopefully, hopefully, uh, the social media team at FSU, which has really improved its game, stepped up in the yeah. last year or two. Yeah. Hopefully, they'll be in there videotaping when Norvell goes up to the sign in the locker room and crosses out what's, what's even. Yeah. And then writes in, I see what's yeah. happening here. <laughs> yeah. I think it should be, it's baby steps, Ira. I kind of see what's happening. I, I kind of yeah. see what's <laughs> Okay. And then in parentheses, I see what you're trying to do. Uh, yeah. 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 Okay. I kind of see what's happening here. I see what you're trying to do. Yeah. That's seamless. Yeah. That just flows right there. Everybody slaps that side before they come out. Man, yeah. But good for him, man. Like when you think about this portal, nobody's been more active in the portal with good reason. I mean, they lost. I mean, like Ira pointed out, I don't know that there's no way a defense that's finished 108th in the country has ever had five early entries before. I mean, that just <laughs> that just doesn't compute. It's also an era of college football where you can willy-nilly enter your ass into the transfer portal. Well, in a weird season, too, no, where no, they still had L- – But that's five guys going to the No, draft. I'm saying five guys that declared for the draft. You can declare it if you want to. But sure. I, I mean, usually a guy on a team that didn't play well and was on a terrible defense wouldn't think to go to the NFL. But it's also a weird year where Janarius Gen- wouldn't normally have a sixth year. So, sure, that's fine. But um, uh, just for him to hit the portal like he's hit it uh, – I just think Florida State fans should be really encouraged. Not just that he knows that they have issues, but that it's that he got guys that that Phil needs that you think will be able to play immediately. And when you put in, you know, I wrote about this last week, last weekend. But you you have to start you, the way college football is now. You have to look at recruiting rankings differently. Florida State, if you take their 16 high school recruits and then add what they've done in the transfer portal. That's not a top 30 class. That's a top 15 class. You've got guys that are legitimate ACC contributors from day one, which you don't know of any, you hope, but you don't know any of those 16 guys are going to be as good as Jamie Robinson, certainly or Mackenzie Milton or Jermaine Johnson. But these guys are all proven SEC players, and you get them. They're a part of your program now. That That doesn't count towards recruiting rankings, but it probably should moving forward. But again, man, you they they... I mean, I feel like they've hit about as close to a home run as you can hit in a transfer portal. They got a, they got the best QB available, one of the best receivers, probably the best rush in, probably the best safety of anybody in the country. The what, and I think what the residual of it, if, and again, it's, we said this going into last season, and it did not happen. But if they can continue the the momentum, because right now they've got for the twenty twenty two class, they've got this Tyler Hunt or uh, Travis Hunter. Yeah. Who's could end up being the number one player in the country. He's committed. He committed last year. Insists he's 100% committed. Was not bothered by three and six. Um, he's, I mean, just an, an immense talent. It, either as a DB or receiver. Um, they just got a commitment that from uh, Quincy McAdoo, a, f- a four-star athlete receiver. If you watch his film, man, that kid is dynamic. Um, and you you got that whole group of legacies that we've talked about, the Marvin Jones Jr. and the Armella, and um, so I mean, there's. There's a potential here for them really to have a, a, a class in 2022 that's better than they have any right probably having as a program yeah. right now. But the, And I think the, the transfers have added to that. I don't think it's a totally unrelated that the Quincy McAdoo kid committed during this flurry of, of transfer announcements. And from what we heard, uh, Michael actually uh, posted this on our site – 
that since this flurry of activity, more transfers who are either getting into the portal or have already been in the portal are reaching out to FSU because they're seen now as a team that people want to be at. So this has kind of given them some new life in terms of interest among players and possibly recruits, which again is if you could just show progress on the field, it would it would do wonders to help keep that going. A lot of people might be cynical when they look at a Travis Hunter and they say, yeah, great. He may be the best player in the country. He's not going to end up at Florida State if that happens. But the more you research and the more you ask around, the more you realize that in addition to being an elite prospect who is verbally committed to Florida State, he gets Florida State's tradition. He grew up a Florida State fan. He's the kind of guy that if you were to mention some of Florida State's great DBs of the past, he would know who they are and when they played. So you've got a fighting chance. I just want to give the listeners hope out there. You actually have a fighting chance to keep that five-star commitment because he loves Florida State. Yeah, I think the difference between like the quarterback last year, um, the kid that just the kid that went to Ole Miss. Yeah, can't remember his name. Yeah. Altmaier. Like, yeah. How easy we a, can get him. He was a Norvell Dillingham commitment. Like he was coming. He he liked them when they were at Memphis. He knew them from their camps. He was going to come to Florida State for that for that reason. And it, so if they had success, that would have fortified that. This is a different situation. Travis Hunter is enamored by Florida State University. Yes. So th- he he likes what they're doing. He likes what the direction of the program. He's bought in. But on top of that, I think the foundation of it is, like you said, like a Derwin James. Derwin James committed when he was like a, a freshman in high school to Florida State. Already had a tattoo of Florida State before he probably had a driver's license. Uh, and so Jimbo recruited him and signed him, quote unquote. But that kid was always coming to Florida State University. You hope that this kid's like like yeah. That. Every now and then, again, every now and again, you get lucky, and there's a kid of that caliber who just loves Florida State, the cachet of Florida State, the history, the the forty years of awesome football, uh, helps overshadow the last four and five years of uh, abject failure. And so you end up watching a kid, you know, you know, play at a high level. And, and no matter who comes calling, Alabama, Georgia, whomever it is, he's like, no, no, I'm going to Florida State. I'm not saying he's quite that, but he's kind of close. So that's a really good sign. Yeah, but you should also understand that Florida State fans are a little bit like, OK, we'll see. I mean, he's he's 25 miles from Athens. Uh, so it's it's going to be and they're com- They're all coming. They're not going to stop. And if Florida State gets off to a bad start next year, which, I mean, they only start with Notre Dame, but if they get off to a bad start, obviously there's going to be a lot of pressure on him to rethink. So well, that's it's not over, but it's it, it, even having him on board right now is a good thing. Well, let me ask you this. Uh, so what what do you think it needs to be to if you were if you were Travis Hunter or Marvin Jones Jr. or whoever, and you need to see Quincy McAdoo, I just like saying that name, if, and you need to see something out of Florida State – if they're seven and five or six yeah, and six, and but and, and not getting blown out by these bull- teams like NC State and Louisville, did you just? Yeah, I yeah, did. he did so, out of nowhere. It wasn't even needed. Yeah, it, is, is that enough? Yeah, yeah, but I don't. I don't. You're you're acting like he's going to wait until the end of the year to make a decision. Like, okay, let me see what their record is after the Florida game. I think what it looks like in September and October is what it ma- what matters. And if they're not, if we don't see any more Louisville debacles. Or NC State, where you just don't compete defensively and you look terrible, man. Again, you could understand somebody having trepidation. Well, I, he's going to play DB. I, to me, it's not going to be about now. Listen, if they are horrific and they're on their, you know, on pace to go, if they look like they're not coached. Right, 
But th- that's the that's the better point. It's not the yeah, results. That's what I meant. The well, that's what I was saying. If they yeah. when I said NC State and Louisville, I was talking about how they looked, not yes. just necessarily the score. How they looked on defense was because you can lose the Notre Dame and he's not going to sure. be shook by that. Right. But if 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 we don't see a defense that looks coordinated, yeah, then we've got real problems. And you know that is my concern going into next year. I saw obvious signs of improvement from the offense. I saw real signs that they were well coached schematically. They had plans. They couldn't always execute them, but you could see what they were. You could see what they were trying to do there, Ira. So, you yeah. know, you do these things. It was there <laughs> defensively. A lot of times I would say, what are we even doing here? That yeah. happened a lot. What is happening? What is happening right now? What is even happening right now? It probably wouldn't have been a good for team morale, but Norvell could have put up two signs in the locker room and like yeah. the offense could touch this one. Yeah. Stevens, you guys got to touch that one. Yeah. Yeah. Adam, you lead your team under that sign. You don't get <laughs> yeah. to run on What's your side. banner, buddy. What's yeah. even happening? <laughs> hey, what did y'all think of my uh, Ira? You might have heard it. I, I know Jeff didn't, but for some reason they haven't retired. I know they can't retire every number, but they no. should have retired 55. Yeah, they should have retired 55. I thought you were going to say that I I didn't pick up on your shot that uh, on the College Football Hall of Fame that Peter Work didn't get in, which I did pick up on. And you oh, no, and Marvin Jones. Neither one of them are in, which is yeah, nuts. Nuts. Sense. But, but uh, uh, Darren Sproles is in. What yeah. are we doing? Yeah. But anyway, um, Dan Morgan made it, the Miami well, Dan, linebacker. Dan should have made it. Over. He was good. Yeah, sure, but ahead of Marvin Jones? See, not yeah, ahead see. of Marvin Jones, but Dan Morgan was a beast. But how was yeah. Marvin not in before Dan well, Morgan? That's, that's Do crazy. Do we got an answer to this, by the way? Let's no, not no idea. What it, is the what? What is the willy nilly haphazard way in which they decide who gets in, when, and not? It's it is the crazy. dumbest. It's, it's crazy. The dumbest. It's, it's, Miami, it's, Miami has less than Florida State. And Miami had, I don't know if you guys remember, Miami had some players through the years. Yeah, I think like uh, the 80s and 90s. Players, yeah. I think T-Buck got in last year. Um, they they have, I mean, it's just, it's completely haphazard. C.J. Spiller just got in, but all yeah. these legends from the 80s what? and 90s. What? Yeah, yeah C.J. Spiller. Spiller's in, that's what I'm saying. But Peter Warwick isn't. So how do you rationalize that? You don't, it's, that's ridiculous. Yeah, it's almost like I don't even want to go. But it's in my hometown, great, great place, go have a good time. But what I was going to say is, um, 55 should be retired, the number, but it's not. But what if Florida State retired their nu- his number right now and at a huge ceremony? Else. I don't want to hear this nonsense, Corey. You shut what? your mouth. What? Yeah, he You're was saying say something what? else. Okay. No, so they retire Marvin Jones's number. No, but Derek McClendon can't wear it. Sorry, Derek. I don't know that you need to be wearing 55 anyway. But I, I do. I know he shouldn't. But, but you tell Marvin Jones Jr., look, we'll bust this out of retirement for you if you come to Florida State. You get to wear your old man's number. If you want to. If you want to. But you have a ceremony. Marvin comes with the whole family. He gets they show his highlights on the video board. Ooh. Remember, didn't they do that with didn't they have like Mitchell Wiggins night the year that yes. the, when Andrew and Wiggins the, came on his they, recruiting trip? And like the A V was all messed up, like the uh, the sound and the video yeah, didn't match yeah, up. It was yeah. and then they got they got boat raced by Florida. Yeah, that, that just, wasn't that great. Wasn't a great weekend. Is that then, the last time Florida have ever beat Florida State in basketball? It has to be. Might be, yeah. It might be, yeah. It, it might have been the last time, yeah. I can't remember. You got to go back like eons, yeah. But uh, yeah, that's a good question. Hey, a better question though is what's going to happen to Derek McClendon if Marvin Jones Jr. signs and wants that number? What are they going to do? I don't think. Sorry, Derek. Cares. I don't think anybody cares what happens. I think Derek's like. I think Derek, you're 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 losing yeah. that number, man. Sorry. Here you go. You're number fifty-two. Or one or yeah. ninety nine, whatever, man. You're not. So you're not fifty five. Yeah. Marvin Jones gets to dictate who wears that number. And just to clarify, they so they were they yeah they do retire the jerseys. They put them up there, 
but like they don't they don't take the numbers out of circulation anymore. Except for what two and seventeen and twenty five. Yeah, 34. I mean theor- theoretically, but like Bolitnikov gave the okay to Fernie Sims to get it. Um, yeah. And Dion gave the didn't Dion didn't no, they give Charlie Ward gave Jalen Ramsey. Remember Jalen right. was returning kicks and he brought right. seventeen. That was a mm-hmm. weird time. Uh, and never got to return one. Um, but yeah, so they can't come out of retirement. So that's what I'm saying. Marvin gives Florida State uh, permission once they retire his number, not just his jersey. And then you're locked in with Marvin Jones Jr. And then you got to get an Enzo Armello's kid. <laughs> Retire his jersey. Well, I guess retire his jersey too. I I think he was seventy six. I don't know, but let's have Enzo Armello night. It's dope. At the door. Who are you? Did you play? Here? Oh, you played here. Okay. All right. Part Come of the on. dynasty. Oh, all right. Okay. I didn't know that. I never saw you before. I think you're making it up. All right. Uh, hour number two forthcoming. We'll get the headliner questions. Hang in. Seminal headlines will take a breather. More next.